I was praying and, and reading and trying to find a message that would do justice to everyone here this morning. And I, I had some sermons together, and as I was studying and as I was praying, God just laid something on my heart, and that's the best way to get a message. Uh, and he said, you know, you need to speak on this. And uh, it's, I am not alone. And um, I said, well, God, I know I'm not alone. I'm speaking to you right now. And he goes, no, no, no. This is for them. This is to speak to them that you are not alone. I'm happy I have a lot of family here uh, this morning. Uh, my cousin's here, grandma's here, aunt's here. And I even have a cheering section, uh, Ava, who will probably scream right about now. Um, so Jesus said we got to have like a childlike faith to really get into and enter the kingdom of God. And every time she screams, I'm going to pray that it is a revelation. And she is like, amen, but she can't say amen quite yet. So she is going to scream a amen as we go. And uh, it was very profound for me because as I was uh, getting ready this morning, it, it hit me uh, yesterday. And I was like, amen. See, there it goes. Um, it hit me this morning. I was like, you know, I have a baby that was just born June 30th, and um, this is her first time in church. And uh, guess who she's getting to hear speak? You know. She may not make it the entire time because uh, it's about lunch 30 for her, or, you know, they eat every two to three hours as, as, as they go. And uh, I know we're hitting that three-hour mark, so hopefully my voice will soothe her and calm her down. And uh, maybe she can make it through it, but, uh, <laughs> oh, you're still, <laughs> it's true, kids on car rides, they will sit there and just the vibration of the car will just put them to sleep, so, uh, so, so sometimes, you know, parents' voice or the baby sound of hearing their heart up against their chest will, 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 will knock them out and comfort them, but, uh, uh last week we started ELE, which is an epic leadership experience. And uh, I just wanted to give a quick report. The youth that are a part of that are getting blessed through it. We are digging into the word of God. Uh, we are stirring up some discussions and conversations and, and putting a little bit of a reality check on what it actually means to serve God. And uh, what that commitment is and what that cost is sometimes. Because sometimes we have to give up things that we may enjoy, some things we may like and just feel a pull to do, and we're like, hold on, you know, let's turn back to what I learned and what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says I shouldn't be doing this, and I should be in investing in my future. I should be investing in God, and I'm just storing it up in them. You know, they may not need it today, but at least it'll be there when they do need it. And when they hit the schools and the hallways, they can be like, you know what, I, I remember. I remember uh, writing those scriptures down. I remember highlighting the words that were in my book it, booklet. I remember getting something from this. And they can use it. And that's what it's about. You know, it's about studying the word of God. So, okay, I got a problem. Let's see what's going on. But no, it's about making it an everyday process to study the word of God, to read it, to get revelation from it. So when something does come up in your life, you already have the word that you need inside of your spirit. And you can just begin to speak it. Um, I just went to, I just graduated a month and a half ago or so. Um, through uh, Destiny Leadership Institute. And that has been a just about finished, very long two-year road of studying God's word and just preparing myself for ministry. And that was 
a crucial time in my life because it, it was a change in a season from being a, a police officer and a father to turning towards uh, ministry and just saying, I'm going to answer the call that you have for my life. I'm here to study. I'm here to read. I'm here to share God's word with everyone, not just on Sunday morning, but each and everywhere I go. You know, we've entered a, a time uh, in this country where it, it does, it seems like things are, are, are getting out of hand, things are getting crazy, and, and we start to wonder, okay, God, where are you in all this? You know, I've been praying, I've been seeing the, the terrible things that have happened, and it just really stirs my spirit, it really worries me, but just as my, my baby's sitting on the floor right there in her, in her car seat, I'm not worried, because I know God has, has got this. I know God has got me, I know God has got my family, and I'm not worried about the future, because he's in control. Do you think any of this surprised God when things happened? No. You know, if we look through this book, if we look through your Bible, throughout the entire part of the Bible, the history, God's people have always been attacked. Adam and Eve, they were attacked, you know, they were tested. It started from the very beginning. The children of Israel, every, they've always been, there's always been some group of people or a country or something that has tried to come and stand against God's people. But it won't prevail because Jesus is the author. He is the beginning. He is the end. And he's got this. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today, do not fear, do not worry about tomorrow. It's in his hands. Amen. It says in John 17, 16, it says, do not lose heart at the world around you. It says, for we are not of this world. Just as Jesus said, he is not of this world. So why are we trying to solve world's problems when we're not even a part of it? We just need to pray and give it up to God. Just know that God is on your side, that he is fighting for you this morning, and that he is the good shepherd, that be guided by the Holy Spirit every day. Wake up every morning and say, God, this is the day that you have made, and I declare that I am going to rejoice, and I am going to be glad in it. No matter what the devil may throw my way, I know that you are by my side. So we're going to read from Psalms today, and we're going to read about an individual who more than likely all of you know, David. Now, you know him from probably his childhood as a shepherd. And as he grew up, you know him from David and Goliath. You know him as King David, the ruler of Israel. Amen. I'm already getting an amen. I can, I can, I can hear it. <laughs> but David was a man after God's own heart. You know, he didn't always make the right decisions and choices. But he always came back and said, God, I want to be right with you this morning. We're going to read from Psalms 23. Now, this is an older scripture, and I say older because everybody learns this scripture. It's something that is very fundamental and, and basic. But, man, if you can apply just the fundal, fundamentals of the word of God, there is so much power in that. Just a few scriptures. If you could learn just a few scriptures and speak them daily over your life. You can see a change that will take place. You know, it says in the word that there is no weapon formed that can stand against you. 
But how many of us allow things to attack us and defeat us? To where we walk around and feel defeated. We feel like, oh, what is tomorrow going to bring? Today is bad enough. But see, if you wake up every morning to say, you know what, devil? You cannot stand. You are under my feet. You are defeated this morning. And I'm going to choose to follow God. I'm going to choose to walk his path and in his righteousness. Things will begin to change. The, spirit, the spiritual realm around you, the people that are around you will begin to change. We need to be able to influence those around us and not be impacted by the situations and people that are around us. Be leaders and not followers. Keep your head held high and look to God for the answers and for the decisions that you need to make. So we know that David was a shepherd. He was also called and known as the shepherd king. So he had a very good uh, fundamental understanding of what the shepherd and sheep relationship was about. So in Psalms 23, David is referring to himself as the sheep. Because we all have a shepherd in our life. Whether it's money or, or, or the devices we can't drop down, we all follow and serve something. But see, in Psalms 23, David makes it very clear when he starts speaking. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We could literally stop there and, and preach an entire message about the Lord is my shepherd. Depending on what you are following and what is your shepherd, sometimes we don't ever get enough. Sometimes the music we listen to or the programs we watch on TV, we can't get enough and we will sit in front of TV for hours and watch the episodes one, two, three, four, and five and seasons two, three, four, five, and six in one sitting and we will miss meals and we will miss potty breaks and just hold it because you gotta catch the last bit of the TV program. second part that I shall not want. So you have to understand we serve a God that provides for us. See, the Lord is the good shepherd, and we are to be his sheep, not frightened, but obedient followers. The Lord will supply our needs. The same verse in NIV says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack anything. If you feel like you are lacking something this morning, if you feel like you have wants and desires that are, I got another amen in this corner. We're doing good. All right. We're getting strong now. <laughs> we are going the right direction. Amen. But if you feel like you are desiring that you are lacking something this morning, look to who the shepherd is that is providing for you. Because I guarantee you, if we look to the world for our answers, if we look to the, the person on the TV, the, the news reporters, and, and listen to the reports that are, that are coming in, if we read every self-help book that we can find, I guarantee you the answers that you will find in there are only temporary. And they will still leave you wanting. So I pose this first general simple question to you. If you have need, if you have a want in your life, and the scripture says that he will provide 
and lead you not wanting anything. Who is your shepherd this morning? Where are you getting your provision from? Are you getting fed by the word of God? Are you getting fed by those that are around you? See, we are content in the shepherd's care. And there is nothing else that we should desire. We could look at the Apostle Paul. And he states this very fact in Philippians 4.19. And it says, and God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He shall supply all your needs. See, sometimes we are so ready to move on to the next level. We are so ready for the new and next thing that we're willing to leave our shepherd and go out and try to grasp it ourselves. And when it doesn't happen, we're sitting there like, God, why didn't this work out for me? Why didn't this pay off? I prayed about it and I sought you and God's like, well, I gave you an answer, but you weren't listening. Sometimes God says, not yet. God's timing is perfect. It says that he is always on time. He is an on-time God. But his timing, not ours. We live in a very quick and fast generation where we can pull up every internet segment and TV show and, and anything and get answers for everything and, and just know what's going on. And sometimes God says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need for you to trust in me and know that I am ordering your footsteps. I am ordering the path that you should follow. Don't be anxious or eager just to get ahead of the game, so to speak. But you have got to walk with a purpose saying, you know what, God, every step that I take, every move that I make, sorry, I couldn't help it. I could, <laughs> it just flows together. It's got to, it just, it's just a, it just, it just goes. But uh, make sure that you are walking in the righteousness of God. Well, how do I know that? Because he will leave you not wanting a thing. Sometimes we got to put ourselves in check and say, God, maybe I'm overstepping here. Let me pray and seek and see what you have to say on the subject. Paul was literally in prison and in jail, and everybody's worried about him. He's like, don't, don't worry about me. The Holy Spirit is with me. He's comforting me. He's guiding me. He's got this. Let me say something to you. You know what? God's going to take care of you. He is going to supply all your needs. So don't worry. Man, we are so wound up with worry right now. Worry about tomorrow. Worry about our jobs. The oil industry is going up and down and gas is flying all over the place with prices. And man, if you would just walk in the footsteps of the righteousness of God, and he will give you peace that passes all understanding. Psalms 23, I'm going to read verse 2 and 3. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I don't know how many uh, shepherds we may have in the house. Do we have any shepherd herders or shepherd people? Okay. All right. 
I just want to make sure I'm not telling you something you don't already know. Like, I'm a shepherd. I know all about this kind of thing. Where's Roger's at? He's a shepherd somewhere. I mean, he's got some sheep. I know he does. I've seen the goats and, and pigs. He's got to have a sheep or two somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, it is very hard to get a sheep to be able to get to a point. There's my man. You got some sheep? Goats. Okay, we're close. We're, we're, we're really close. Um, I was making a reference on sheep, and I said, Roderick might have some sheep somewhere. I know he might have some somewhere, but. <laughs> but sheep will refuse to lie down, to be calm, and be able to go to sleep and, and find peace unless four elements are met. One, they must be free from all fear. See, we are, we are tired sometimes. There have been days I, I wake up tired and, I, and I've slept. And I was like, I know I've slept. I know I've slept for like all eight hours I'm supposed to sleep, maybe eight and a half. But sometimes you wake up tired. And you're like, God, I just, I don't get it. I'm, so, I'm, I'm tired all the time. I'm nervous all the time. I'm shaking all the time. I, I don't know what to do today. I don't, I don't you know, it, but see, if you are following the shepherd, if you are following God, if you are letting Jesus be the shepherd of your life, he takes away all fear. He gets you to a calm place. It says, too, there must be no tension between members of the flock. Well, it, it says not to lay your head down at night and, and quarrel from an, an, an angry. When you are mad at somebody, like your husband, wife, kid, cousin, next door neighbor made you upset, sometimes it is hard to go to sleep that night. We get so much anger inside of us sometimes, we're like, that's it, I can't even, I'm not, I gotta sit up, I'm just mad right now, don't talk to me. <clears throat> when Tara gets mad, do not talk to her. I've learned at 11 years now that there is a cooling off period that must take place. Because I am a fixer, and I will fix you. If there is something wrong, I will find you and I will fix you. We, I, I can't, I, my, my heart can't take it. My spirit can't take it. I got to have some peace, and if I know you're mad at me, I got to go fix it. So as soon as I'd upset Tara, baby, okay, tell me what's wrong. Don't talk to me. No, 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 we're going to talk it out. We're going to fix this. I don't want to talk right now. Right? Or she'll just do this. We've gotten that far along in our relationship now. She just does the, like, you know, does the eyebrows and stuff. And I'm, right? Just come back later. We'll, we'll fix it later. I'm sorry. You need some cooling off time. She's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, okay. And, and you go on about your way. But number three, they must not be aggravated with flies and parasites. How many know when you have some pesky things that will not leave you alone, it is hard to sleep? I turned into the pest sometimes, and I go pester her when she's upset. But, uh, you know, it's two sides to every coin, and that's, that's the other side that I am. But you have to be able to forgive and forget and find peace inside of you so your shepherd can continue leading you.
Number four, they must be free from hunger. It is hard to go to sleep on an empty tummy. Like, if you're, like, hungry, genuinely hungry, you will get up in the middle of the night to go raid the fridge, as we call it. I'm not even going to ask. Like, hey, do we have any fridge raiders in here? But, you know, fridge raiders, you know, fridge raiders, okay. It's really close. It is really close in comparison. I am not a fridge raider anymore because I enjoy my sleep more than I do enjoy raiding the fridge. So I bring stuff with me to bed at night. And no, I'm just playing. Just playing. Okay. I'm playing, but I'm not playing. There are some days I'm like, no, I'm probably going to be hungry later and I'll bring something. And then, you know, you wake up with that weird taste that goes on in your mouth. Just anyways, okay, it's bad. It's bad stuff. See, when we allow God, our shepherd, to guide us, we have contentment. The shepherd knows where the green pastures and still waters are. How many of you feel now or previously or, or right this second feel like you are going through some rough waters? That your pasture feels like the Sahara Desert right now and the sun will not go away and it just keeps beating down on you. I pose this to you, that if you are following the good shepherd and you start speaking the word of God over your life and it says that God leads us in the green pastures alongside the still waters, that we need to just take a step back and say, God, how do I get back to your green pasture? This is where you say that you lead me. How do I get back to your still, calm waters? So many of us feel like we're constantly battling and, and fighting things, and, and God's like, I'm here. I'm, I'm right beside you. I'm here, but I'm trying to get you to go over here. You see, you're, you're going down some white water rapids right now, and, and you, your boat is like taking on water, and you lost your paddle like a quarter mile way back because you couldn't hold from the current, and you're just in a spin. Life feels like that sometimes. You know, when I was transitioning out of becoming a police officer, and I was transitioning into a student and doing college full-time and doing Bible school full-time and trying to substitute and, and leading youth on Wednesday nights, and man, there were times I felt like my boat was, was rocking a little bit. But I tell you, I've never had more peace than I've ever felt before. See, sometimes it's not about what we plan and figure out up here, and we, and we set our own course, and we chart our own waters, and we have our own destination that we're trying to reach. Sometimes God likes to mix things up, and he goes, if you could just see what I have for you, if you could just see what's in the future, if you could just see what's over this hill, what's, a, what's the next hill that you go over is what I'm trying to show you, that, man, we are trying to fight upstream. We were like, no, God, I'm going this way. And God's like, why are you fighting the current? There was a fork in the road, and you went down the dangerous fork road. You know, it, there's a sign over here. It's like calm, still waters. And then you got like rough ride ahead sign on this side. And you're like, well, I, I can handle this. And you just take off towards the 
rough side, and you're like, I can, I, can, I can make my way through this. This morning, I want you to be able to feel peace. I want you to be able to see the green pastures. I want you to be able to feel the grass beneath your feet. I want you to feel calm. I want you to be able to look at the still waters beside you and be able to see down to the bottom and just know that everything is going to be okay. What is so awesome about our God is he will leave the 99 sheep and will chase after the one. You see, God has pursued us from the very beginning. Ever since Adam and Eve messed up, and they were naked and afraid. Yes, they were. Okay. Ever since that took place, did God just forget them? Did he just take off and forget about Adam and Eve? No, it says in the coolness of evening, he came walking, looking for them. He pursued them from the very first mess up. Adam, Eve, where are you? Man, what, what happened? He still pursues his people today. He pursues us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. That wasn't just because he felt sorry for us. That was because he was pursuing us. He wanted us to give us a way to get back into relationship and connection with him. When you come up and you get saved and you say, God, Jesus, please come into my heart. That aspect of that is a question or a emotion that we make that says, God, we're allowing you to please come in. And God's like, no, no, no. I am pursuing you. I have been here. I've been waiting for you to say these words. Since the beginning, I have never left you. I will never forsake you. I will be by your side. So it's not a decision of, God, just please come fill my life. Come into my heart. I repent of my sins. It's, God, that you are here. Come into me. It's not a God who's floating off somewhere and down the roads and is only with Christians. He is by side, each and every one of you this morning. See, he restores my soul. Even when we mess up and things aren't going right. He still waits for us to come back to him. Amen. And he will restore our soul. Psalms 23, 4. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wouldn't you rather walk through a valley and, and feel like that you are literally walking in the shadow of death sometimes and know that God is with you? You do not have to go fight things alone. You do not feel, have to feel like that you are literally dying on the inside, that you are depressed and you are hurting and things are going on in your life and you don't understand it and you feel like you're alone. God is with you when you walk through these times. When you're walking through your valleys, when you literally feel like death is knocking on your back door, it says that you are with me. It says that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You should still feel peace 
in the midst of your storms. There's only one person who can walk with us through death's dark valley and bring us safely through to the other side. That is the God of life, Jesus Christ, our shepherd. Psalms 23.5. Man, I love this. Just got to prepare myself because this speaks volumes to me. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. How many of you know when you are, uh, presence of your enemies, but how many of you know when you are, are worried, when you have anxiety and fear about things, it is hard to eat sometimes? You'll cut off food. When you have anxiety going and you have fear going, food's not even a question anymore. You're just worried about survival, trying to make it through it. And I love this because God says, I am going to prepare a table. That means we're going to sit down and have a good time in the presence of your enemies. In uh, ancient Near Eastern culture, at a feast, it was customary to anoint a person with fragrant oil. Hosts were also expected to protect their guest at all cost. God offers you this same protection today. He anoints our heads with oil. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And he says, I will protect you. It's a powerful, powerful passage. Because when we feel like we're being attacked, we lose our peace. We, we lose sight of God sometimes when things just aren't going right. When we get so focused on our issues and our problems, sometimes God just says, it's okay. Even in the presence of those who are trying to come against you, even in the presence of, uh, of attacks and and Islamic terrorism and everything else that is going on in our world, he goes, you know what? I got you. Not only do I got you, I'm going to sit down and, man, we're going to have a real feast. He goes, I will protect you. Think about it. If you are upset and angry and can't even sit down to eat a meal because things are bothering you so much, flip back to this verse. He says, no, 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 my God will prepare a table before me in the presence of my problem, in the presence of things that are going on around me, and he is going to protect me through this. There's a great illustration of that. If we turn to what uh, we either refer to as 2 Kings or 2 Kings um, 6, and we're going to read 14 through 17. Now, this is, let me give, I guess, the, the backdrop of this. The, the king of Syria is very upset. He is trying to conquer and take out Israel. But every time he shows up with his armies and tries to attack, the king of Israel already, already knows what's going on. So the king of Syria calls his, like, his council, his, his main dudes, and says, all right, which one of you is the mole? Which one of you is leaking information about where we're going to attack next, because every time we show up, 
they're already ready for us. And this advisor says, eh, me. He says, but have you heard of Elijah? This guy knows what you're doing before you even get up the next morning and start telling us what's going on. See, he had some vision. He could see things before it even happened. God spoke to him, and he was able to inform the king of Israel what was going to happen next. So if we'll pick up at uh, 14, king of Syria is upset. He finally figures out where Elijah is. It says, therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. It says, and they came by night and surrounded the city. How many of you know sometimes the devil will attack you in the middle of the night? You wake up the next morning and you're like, what just happened? You'll get phone calls in the middle of the night and say, this person's in the hospital. This is going on, or someone just got in a car accident. Sometimes while you're asleep at peace, sometimes you feel like the devil just looks at it as a wide open door and will try to attack. This is exactly what happened here. The king sent his army and his chariots in the middle of the night. The devil is, is, is tricky. He will try to do whatever he can do. And if he can get in and slip in while you're asleep, when you're not vigilant, when you're not awake and, and, and prepared, he will find whatever foothold he can to try to squeeze his way in. It says, in the middle of the night, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Now, I know I don't have to ask, who has ever felt surrounded? Like, you almost had, like, nowhere to turn? It says, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Do you feel like the servant sometimes when you get up in the morning and you walk out your doors and you just see it coming? And everywhere you turn, there are chariots and horses and you just, this is not a good day. And you just want to turn around and go back inside and snuggle up to posturepedic and, and, and feather down pillow and say, nope, not doing this today. And, and you just go back to sleep. You're like, nope, today's a bad day. We're not going to do this today. Um, it, it can happen. It says, and his servant went back inside and found Elijah and said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? See, there's two different points of, of vision here. You have the servant who goes out and sees that he is surrounded. And he runs for help. He goes back inside and says, Master, uh, and, and this is not like any old, like, like, like Master. This is freaking out Master. Master, wake up. There is an army outside. And the last time I checked, there's only me and you. And I'm not sure if I can outrun you or not, but I'm going to try. And, and, and sometimes you want to turn tail and run. <laughs> so Elijah answered, he said, do not fear. 
It says, for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. This is pretty profound. And it says, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes so that he may see. It says, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And it says, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I took that as God like showing off because, you know, the enemy had chariots and, and armies, but God's was on fire. Can't outdo God. God's like, hold on. My guys were on fire, right? Okay. If you read the verse very carefully, what when I first started reading it and looking at it, I was like, okay, so Elijah and his servant is here. They're, they're in the city. They are surrounded, but it's okay because God has got his army surrounding the king's army to surround the city. And when I started studying and reading the passage, I was like, that is a cool feeling to know that God is completely surrounding whatever issue, whatever problems, whatever we feel like we're being attacked with. So I kind of wanted to do a visual because I got something else out of it. Because Elijah said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. See, if God never leaves you, he, he never forsakes you, he is by your side. So when Elijah is out, here, come. When, when Elijah is out, he is, he's big, so he's God right now. He's, he's, he's my, my guardian angel, but yeah, there you go. Huge throne sitting down here. But when Elijah is out and he is staring and he is looking out, he says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So not only did Elijah have God next to him, see, the servant couldn't see the ones that were literally in the room with him. Those that were with us. So you have those that are with us, and then you are surrounded by the chariots. You are surrounded by those who are trying to attack you. And then Elijah prays and says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. But see, when the servant looked, he saw chariots and an army of fire surrounding the ones who were attacked. In the book of uh, The Art of War, one of the strategic battle plans is to come with a good, strong front. You've got a strong man in front of you that is ready to go to battle for those who are surrounding you. But as the battle begins to take place, if you have a second army that attacks from the flank, attacks from the back, the weak side, it takes things out. Just this morning, when you walked into this building, you have God on your side. You may be dealing with some things. You may be going through some things. You may be fighting some things. 
through, through, your, through your mind or, or physically in your body, whatever it is. And so you have to know that you have a God who is with you. And you have to know that those things that are trying to attack you, God's got his army around all of it. He's got you covered from the front. He's got you covered from the back. So it doesn't matter where you get attacked from. God says, I don't care if they try to come from the rear, the front. They try to come from up top. It doesn't matter because I've got you covered from all sides this morning. Amen. Yeah, you see. Thank you. See, God loves you. He knows that you are going to get attacked. It is part of being a child of God. It happens. If you feel like you're surrounded by depression, failure, insecurity, if you feel like you're lacking, if you feel like the devil is literally attacking you from all sides this morning, let me tell you, you are in the right place. I pray that today that your eyes will be opened like the servant. And I say, open your eyes to what's around you. Lord, show them what they need to see. Show them that you are with them. Show them that you are surrounding their problems. Show them, Lord, that you will never leave them, that you will never forsake them this morning. That whatever battle is not too big for my God, he can take care of all of it. Anything that you are dealing with, he'll attack it from the front, he'll attack it from the back. You see, God is not limited by his capability, but our inability to see what he wants and has for our lives. God is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He has everything under control, and he is not limited by his own capabilities. But sometimes we literally take his hands away from him by some of the decisions and things we do. Sometimes we limit the true calling he has on our lives, and we haven't stepped into that yet because we're still fighting the rapids. We're still walking in the sands and thirsty and, and hungry and, God, where are you? And he's like, I am chilling in the green pastures. If you would just turn and come this way, I got you. But see, God never leaves us, so he's walking in the desert with us. And he goes, aren't we tired yet? Aren't you getting worn out yet? Aren't you tired of getting sunburnt, running from the scorpions and creepy things out there in the desert? Aren't you getting tired? I've got so much for you. I have a green pasture for you to walk in. I've got a still water, a brook beside you that you can drink from, that you can fill yourself with. This morning, Choose to say, I'm following the good shepherd. There's a book that we started uh, reading in ELE. It's called The Purple Book by Rice Brocks, I believe is her name. Brocks or Brooks, I think. And it says, anyone who wants God's best for their life must begin by building a strong foundation. Jesus said as much when he declared, as for those who come to me and hear my words, and if you put these words into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, 
The torrent struck the house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. That's Luke 6, uh, 47 through 48. You see, storms are going to come. And they're probably going to come even more frequently nowadays with the craziness that is going on. But don't be the one who hears the word of God and builds his foundation on the sand and just takes enough to, to, to get by just to make it for another week. Because when those storms come and those attacks start coming on you and you start feeling like, like you're, you're left alone, you've got to have a strong foundation. See, all this that I'm telling you is important that you start with a strong foundation. So as you begin to build, as you begin to trust God for him to be your shepherd, for him to guide you and, and lead you where you need to go, you have to know that you're still going to be surrounded by enemies at times. But you have to know that the one who is with you is more than the one who is with them. The battles are going to come. We're going to face trying times. We're going to face things that are supposed to make us scared, supposed to make us hide, supposed to make us want to just keep to ourselves as Christians because we're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of offending someone else around us. But I tell you this morning that he will never leave you, that you are not alone, that he leads you by the still waters. That he is directing your path, that you should follow in his righteousness. That he pursues you each and every day. Because he wants to spend time with you. He wants to love you. He wants to show you what he has for you. In John 10, 11, and I'm going to close with this. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And he's already proven that. He's already sent his son down on here on the earth and sent him on the cross to die for us. He is the good shepherd. He loves you. I ask you to stand with me this morning. you'll just bow your heads for me and our, our prayer partners are going to come up this morning if you have been facing or fighting something that you have been dealing with and you feel like you're alone if you feel like you are battling on your own and that there is no more hope for you you just can't make it through it I pray this morning that your eyes will be opened to the things that God has for you around you and wants to show you. Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, that each and every person here, Father God, that their ears were open, Father God, that their hearts were open to receive your word, Lord. Father, whatever battle that they are fighting, Lord Jesus, whatever they are walking through, Father God, whatever valley, Father God, that they are going through, Lord, Father, if they feel like death is knocking at their door, Lord Jesus, I just pray you just begin to open their eyes. 
that you begin to show them, Father, that you are there with them, that you are fighting with them, Father. Father, that you are greater than anything that they are facing. And that this morning, that they will make you their shepherd. That they will follow you, Father God. That they'll learn, Lord Jesus, what your green pastures are. Father, that they'll understand that the still waters, Father God, are calm, Lord Jesus. Father, that your will will be done in our lives, Father. Father, we just give you the praise and the honor and the glory this morning. Father, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for all those that are here, Father. That it was not just by coincidence, Lord, but it was through you, Lord Jesus, speaking through me. That spoke to their spirit, Father. That gave them some peace and some confidence to know that you are there. And that they will no longer be the servant, Father God, but they'll be like Elijah and be able to open their eyes and see what you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.